Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope you've had a, well, I don't know what kind of week you could have had. A boring one, I'd say, because there's been very little going on in the way of Arsenal. Some people might say, that's a good thing. The way things have been going this season, that's good. But, you know, we won, what, three games in a row? Coming into this interlull, this extended interlull, because we weren't in the FA Cup and we were supposed to be playing Leicester and Leicester were in the FA Cup and their game went ahead and they got beaten by Chelsea and then we still don't know when we're playing Leicester. Anyway, the point is it's been a long break and there has been very, very little to talk about from an Arsenal point of view this week. So I was sitting here thinking, well, what should I do with an Arsecast? Should I do an Arsecast? Should I just take a week off? Should I not do anything? Just relax? Kick back? read a book, watch some Rick and Morty. You know what I've started watching again is The Wire. (sighs) Only two or three episodes into season one, but I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember how good this was, so I'm looking forward to, you know, five seasons of The Wire. Just not quite binge watching it the way I did in the past. An episode an evening, just sit down, relax, watch one, but it's good. Just finished uh, Gamora, season three of Gamora which is, uh, yeah, pretty intense, it has to be said. I'm not sure it's quite as good as seasons one or two. There's a couple of little things that didn't quite do it for me in season three, but it gets there in the end. It really does. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, it's well worth hunting out. It's based on the book also called Gamora by uh, Roberto Saviano, which exposes the, I guess, is organized crime the right way to uh, describe it? The uh, the system in Naples, in Italy, and all over. And, uh, well, he wrote the book, and I think he's in hiding ever since. But anyway, this is a fictionalized drama based around that, and it really is good. It really is good. So if you're looking for a new series to watch, check that out. Anyway, um, TV recommendations aside... The point was, what was I going to do this week for a podcast? I am trying, I have been trying to track down one particular interview, which I hoped might happen this week, but it didn't. So I was left with the decision, well, what do I do? Do I do something or nothing, nothing or something? And, you know, we might as well do something. So we're going to do one of those phone-in shows again, where people ring up randomly on Skype and I answer, and then we chat about whatever. And at the end of it, we have a podcast. So that's what we're going to do, and I might as well stop waffling and get on with that side of things. Here's uh, here's the phony bit. Well, not phony, you know what I mean? It's not phony as in fake. It's the bits with phones. Phone-esque, phone-erific, phone-tastic, phone-tacular. Yeah. Good evening. This is the Intergalactic Operator. 
radio. Yes, I'm trying to reach Flight Commander P.R. Johnson on Mars Flight 247. Very well. Hold on, please. You're through. Thank you, operator. Hello. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, this is uh, Sanjay from New York. Hey, man. How are you? Pretty good. You're the first caller tonight, so uh, congratulations for that. Oh, thank you. Hopefully I can, uh, I guess, set a high high bar. Yeah, I hope so too, man. Pressure's on. What, what do you want to talk about this evening? But, I mean, I, I assume I'm going to talk, talk about something that might uh, might come up throughout the show. But I was wondering, what's your take on the whole uh, Jack situation? Uh, you know, in the sense, I guess I'll, I'll let me just to sort of drill it down to like a couple of questions. If you were advising him, mm-hmm. would you ask him to sort of stay? And uh, I guess, conversely, if you were the club, would you sort of try and meet his demands, or would you, or would you sort of say that? Uh, offer that they're giving now is that sort of a do you agree with that sort of being the take it or leave it uh, you know offer I think what I think what we have to take into account is the fact that the club more than anybody know what Jack Wilshire's physical condition is like and what his injury situation is like and maybe not even so much the injuries but what what do the injuries that he's sustained mean for his future like he's 26 now how is he going to be at 28 or 29? Is he going to be able to run as fast as far and all that kind of stuff? So I think that that's probably why the club have made the offer that they made. Uh, mm-hmm. I can see it from Jack's point of view about how he feels like he should deserve more as a senior player, as somebody who's been at the club for a long time. When you're offered a pay cut, that's got to be hard to take, right? Particularly when you can leave on a Bosman and you can... You can probably get a decent club. Jack Wilshire, I think, is still the kind of player who could pick up a decent club, maybe not a top five or six club, but uh, I think it would be a risk. I think one of those would take a risk. But he could go somewhere and earn good money um, because of the money that's in the Premier League. So I think it's very much a standoff. Arsenal Arsenal are here. Jack Wilshire is over here. And unless something happens uh, in the meantime, then I, I I can only see that he's going to depart in the summer. Now, I think Jack probably wants to stay at Arsenal. I think he, his desire is to stay because he's been there for such a long time. But it really, I think it 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 either means him buckling in and accepting what's on offer now, or it means the club buckling and uh, giving him a bit more. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, and I think also I guess another another sort of uh, you know factor in the situation is he's obviously seen uh, you know Method get such a huge sort of deal, and I think that's something that we will sort of see come up you know probably with uh, Aaron Ramsey's contract yeah. and things like that as well, where everyone sort of wants to you know given that you know message on 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 whatever he's on right now, everyone sort of wants to uh, you know, get I guess get get a bump as well, similar yeah. to I guess the stories we heard about things happening at United in the yeah. aftermath of Alexis' new contract. Well, that's exactly what happens. As soon as the bar gets raised, everybody wants to go a little bit higher themselves. You know, they don't necessarily want what that guy gets, but they want to be 
uh, compensated mm-hmm. a little bit more because of uh, because of that situation. So look, we'll we'll wait and see what happens. Um, thanks for the call. I'm going to go and see if I can get another few calls in. But thanks for being caller number one. Thank you. Take care. Hello, who have we got? Uh, my name's Will. Will, how are you? Where are you calling I'm from? Good, thank you. Um, I'm calling from a small town called Worthing near Brighton. Right. And what what do you want to chat about this evening? Um, well, the thing that was on my mind was uh, uh, Jack Wilshere comments. Yeah. About saying how Arsene Wenger um, was happy to let him go. And I'm not a Wenger fan in the slightest, but mm. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter today criticising him, but to be honest with you, I think Wenger was completely justified saying that, really, because Wilshere went on loan at Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Pretty average there, really. Has a poor injury record, and it's only... In, the last few months, he's really got a decent run. So I think Wenger was was right to say that he'd be happy to sell Jack. Mm. Obviously, now it's a bit different. Um, it seems like the club are reluctant to um, give him the deal, which is a bit worrying, really. Well, I, I mean, just, why do why do you think it's worrying? If you think Arsene Wenger was right to say we're not going to give you a new deal, why why is it worrying now when we're giving him a new deal, but just one that isn't quite what he expects or what he wants? Because uh, he's all of a sudden picked up some form, got probably his best run in the Arsenal team for years, maybe even ever. And before the season, I didn't really think we'd ever really see him play again. Mm. It just shows what talent we were missing out on. And he's really sort of come out of his shell this season. I think it'll be a big miss. And Mm. thank God that we did keep him in because without him this season, I think we'd be doing a lot worse than what we are because I really do think he is big part of our team. Mm, yeah, I think he's done okay. I mean, I, I don't think he's been brilliant, to be honest. I think, you know, he's played a bit more than Aaron Ramsey, but I think Aaron Ramsey, for example, has, has contributed more in terms of goals and assists. Where do you stand on the Ramsey thing? Would you would you go all in on giving Ramsey a new deal? He's only got a year left in, uh, in, Ju- in June, so what's your feeling on that one? Well, I've never really um, rated Aaron Ramsey too highly until this year, really. I mean, he, he's really him and him and Wilshere together. I think they're they're vital. I would certainly offer Ramsey a new deal. Um, but if it came down to keeping Ramsey or Wilshere, if I only had to keep one, to be honest with you, I think I'd keep Jack Wilshere. I just I prefer him as a player, even though Ramsey has contributed to more goals and assists. Right. I just think Jack is much more like we always say we need a. Sort of like a big defensive midfielder. I know he's not quite that, but he's closer to we've got to that, much closer than what mm. Alan Ramsey is. And we have many similar players to Ramsey, like Urzel, uh, like Mkhitaryan. I just think we'll be bigger than All right. Well, look, we'll we'll wait and see what happens. We'll find out soon enough with uh, with Jack Wilshire. Yeah. Um, thanks for the I'm call, man. Get, things will get better. All right. Listen. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Who am I talking to? Talking to Hal from London. Hello, Hal from London. How's it going, man? It's not bad. Not too bad. How about yourself? It's all right. How are you uh, getting through this particular interlull? It's a bit of a boring one, isn't it? It's driving me mad. I keep thinking, oh, I'm looking forward to the game on the weekend. And there's no game. There is no game. There is no game. And there won't be a game for another, what, eight days? Because we're not playing till Sunday. So uh, my question is uh, basically... There's been a lot of chat about uh, there's going to be a new manager, hopefully. Mm. There's a whole squad rebuild needed, et cetera, et cetera. We all know what everyone's talking about. Um, but I'm kind, of want, I'm kind of interested in your perspective on a bit further than that. So if we imagine 
that there is a new manager coming in in the summer and there's some sort of competent squad rebuild that goes on. So some of the players we won't go mm. and they're replaced by players with decent quality. What are your expect if if those things happen? Obviously, massively hypothetical, but what are your expectations for next season and for the season after and maybe even looking to three years? Are we going to win the league anytime soon if if the right steps are taken? In our opinions, or is it is it a really long time until we we get to that point? I think it's interesting when you say in our opinions, you know, because your idea of what the right thing is and my idea of what the right thing is and that guy over there's idea of what the right thing is are, are, can be quite different, you know. Um, I think, uh, you know, you listen to Ivan Gazidis talk and he says he's not interested in being fifth or sixth or fourth. You know, he wants to compete for the titles. And I think he... He talks a good game. He he talks a lot about you know what he wants for the for the club, but hasn't really put much of that into practice. Um, you know, I think uh, if we get the right manager in, Arsenal is a big, big club with great resources, with a, a big stadium. Sorry, I don't know what happened. To my voice there on the word resources. Um, I think my voice is breaking. Don't tell anyone. Uh, you know, we, we've got it all there. There's great training ground, great facilities, a big fan base, you know, a, a very active uh, fan base as well, not just in London, but all around the world. So the potential, I think, for Arsenal to be much more successful than it is, is definitely there. Um, but it, of course, it all depends on a, who's the manager or the head coach, and B, what sort of resources he has to support him. So we've brought in Sven, we've brought in Raul, who are going to be behind-the-scenes guys, a head of recruitment, a guy who's going to do the contracts. But then it depends, I think, a bit on what financial support is available to this new coach. How much is he going to be able to spend? And that is a significant factor in how successful that coach is going to be, Right. Uh, so I think it's really worrying when you hear stories about how Arsenal are prepared to sell Hector Bellerin, for example, because the 50 million they might get for Hector Bellerin could help rebuild the squad. I mean, what really does 50 million get you these days? You know, it's uh, it's a bit worrying from that point of view. But I would hope that, you know, with Arsene Wenger, I think, you know, he, he he's... A manager who hit a plateau and now it's becoming a bit of a decline in terms of our league position and you've got to hope that whoever comes in after him will uh, will take us back in the other direction. How long it might take to win the league again, though, I just don't know. Mm. So are, are you confident that these guys behind the scenes are going to make good decisions like Gazidis? How do you feel about, let's say that there is a new manager this summer, how do you feel about... Uh, the, the ability of the club and the board to make the right decision about who is going to be the new man? Yeah, that's a really good question. And the, the, the right, the, the, my, my idea that, you know, what I actually think is we'll have to wait and see. Mm. But in the interest of, you know, like my, my opinion is that they're trying to bring in football men, quote unquote, to use that cliche, rather than businessmen that Ivan is and that the board are. Mm. They've all got business backgrounds, not football. So that in itself seems like the right move. But whether these two new blokes, two new faces, are, are enough to, you know, change the direction of of, of a massive river, to mm. use a sort of weird metaphor, is um, is up for debate. I think. I think it's really it's a really valid point that, ever, that I've hear a lot of people making. Yourself, Clive, um, on on the Arsenal Vision podcast regularly says it that we're a big a sleeping giant that's ready to wake, and I totally am on board with that idea. Mm. But. I think looking around the league, there's a, there's another few that are sort of 
semi-sleeping giants, thinking of Manchester United, Chelsea, Tottenham are not a sleeping giant, but they're growing in stature, unfortunately, as well, mm. however much it pains me to say. <laughs> so I think that the top six, and, and Liverpool can't be forgotten in that, and obviously Man City are streaks ahead already, um, the top six is so strong that I think we're making a lot of the right changes in the in the back behind the scenes, and a new manager might make a, a good bit of difference. But we've got such a long way to catch up now. I'm not I'm not sure how long that's going to take. I'm not even sure if it, I think I think we're going to need a lot of luck to be honest. We're going to need to have one of those seasons that's a little bit out of the blue if we're going to win anything yeah. in the net, anything any of the big trophies, the big big ones. Obviously, yeah. I've really enjoyed the FA Cup, but it's not the Premier League or the Champions sure. League. I know what you mean. But look, you know, you look at Chelsea, who were champions, then went 12th, and everyone went, whoa, fuck. And then they came back and won the league the next year or the year after, whatever it was. You know, Very so true. things can change much more quickly than, than we think. So uh, we, we'll keep fingers crossed. Anyway, look, I'm going to yeah. uh, go take another call. Thanks for calling in this evening. Cheers, mate. Thanks All right, much. take it easy. Hello. Goodness me, who's that? Well, what do you mean, who's that? You're the one that called me. Who's this? <laughs> Hello, Andrew. This is David from St. Albans. Hello. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. How are you this evening? I'm just peachy keen and wonderful, thank you. That's good to hear. I'm glad somebody in this crazy world we live in is. <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to think of a question. Uh, it's okay, I've got a few lined up. Just the one, I think. And make just it not about Jack Wilshire, because we've had a couple on him already. So Good. What about if I talk about Mr. Arsene Wenger? Sure, why not? Right. Okay. Good. So, a um, couple of points. Great man that he is, um, um, you know, and 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 deserving ultimate respect. That I think he does. Um, I also think he needs to go um, really as soon as possible, probably the summer. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you think that's such a hard position for people to understand in the world of social media? I don't think it's necessarily a hard position for people to understand in the sense that uh, I, I think there are uh, there's it's divisive, right? It is divisive yeah. because there are people who have aligned themselves perhaps more strongly with Arsene Wenger than with Arsenal. I don't think that's an unreasonable position to take. Oh, that's a good point. Conversely, I think there are also people who have aligned themselves much more in the anti-Wenger camp than pro-Arsenal as well. Yes. So I think it is It is one of those things. I, I think um, I think it's a, a situation that is... I don't know that it's that complicated anymore. I don't know that anybody could have watched us this season in the league... Uh, and said, we are a team that's going in the right direction, managed by a man who's taking us that way, right? Yeah, yeah. So I I, yeah. I think what, what probably bothers people is the is the way the conversation tends to happen. Like, battle lines are drawn, right? So you're either this, you're Wenger out, or you're Wenger in. And there doesn't appear to yeah. be enough understanding of the situation being much more nuanced than that right so yeah. you can personally i think we need a new manager in the summer and yeah. i've thought i've thought we've needed a new manager for a little while now and i've said that numerous times yeah. but i'm not gonna go on my podcast or on the blog and start coding arson wenger off and calling him names i can be critical of his performance and i can be critical of uh, his team selections or his transfer dealings or the way the team plays you know all those things that he is responsible for but I think it's the abuse and the 
the prevalence of that kind of abuse on social media that that makes this a more difficult conversation than it actually is. Does that make sense? Uh, hugely so, and, and I can only agree. And in fact, I think that what you in, in what you've said is um, is probably my um, was my original question, but I've just lost my train of thought. But um, what you know, what what. Um, what, why? Why do what you know? Why do people have to make it so personal? They are. There's my point. Why does it have? To, because he's doing a job, and he feels he's doing the job to his best ability. And he probably is doing the job to his best ability. Just that his ability is a little bit out of sync with what the club needs right now, and the yeah. team needs, and modern football needs. And I don't understand why it has to be polarized into being very personal. That I don't get. Look, I think football has always had that, hasn't it? You know, whether it's one player or, you know, we can sit here and talk about that and then I can just as easily talk about John Terry and call him all kinds of names and people will say <laughs> people will say I'm a hypocrite. But I'm not a Chelsea fan and, you know, uh, Arsene Wenger's never been racist. So, uh, you know, there is that side of things to it. But, yeah, look, there is a, a, a tendency to lean towards invective and abuse because I think because the way social media operates, everybody has a voice, right? Right. There is, in some ways, uh, an equanimity to opinion now, that everybody has a voice. If they want one, they can have it. Now, their audience is different. Their platform is different. Um, you know, I, I don't want to talk about follower accounts, but a guy with five followers is not going to reach as many people as a guy with 5,000 or 500,000, right? But in order to make your voice heard above the the din, if you shout loudly then more people will hear you. And when I talk about shouting loudly, I'm not talking about actual shouting. I just mean metaphorically that if you're loud, if you're relentless, if you're abusive, if you're, you know, you can get yourself a reaction and with reaction comes engagement and with engagement becomes like a, a validation of your point of view. And it just sort of seems to go from there. So, you know, I, I think it's a shame. You know, social media is a wonderful thing in many ways. It, it connects us together. It gives us the opportunity to connect with people we never had the chance to connect with before. But, uh, you know, it has its dark elements. And I don't think they're policed, policed maybe is the wrong word, but, but regulated or dealt with uh, as well as they should be by some of the social media companies. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I think that's, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, again, sorry, but I can only agree. I wish I could disagree with you and oh, create some more argument, but um, right. no, <laughs> Well, look, thank you for the call. And, um, oh, thank you, and, th and keep up the great work. Um, I think as a community, we're very lucky to have you and all the content that you produce on such a regular basis for all of us. Well, thank you very much indeed. And Cheers. Show. Hello. Oh, hello, I'm Drew. Cool. Uh, yes, you're through. Hi, who who's this? My name's Daniel. Hello, Daniel. I'm just sort of randomly clicking buttons here because there's loads of people trying to get through, so that's how it oh, goes. I've rang you so many times. Okay, well, I'm glad you got through. How are you this evening? Uh, not bad, you know. I feel all right, you know. Yeah? Sometimes maybe good and, you know. Sometimes maybe shit. Exactly. Exactly. So what's on, what's on your mind this evening? Just to give you a quick rundown of what we've already spoken about so we don't tread over old ground. We've done Arsene Wenger a bit. We've done the the future with the backroom staff a bit. And we've done a bit of Jack Wilshire. So just so we don't, you know, repeat the same things, this would be this would be good to yeah. avoid. So what, what what do you want to talk about this evening? Uh, I suppose what I, I want to talk about the, the 
Europa League and mm. how much this season kind of hinges on that. Mm. But of course, you've got a side like Atletico in there, and I I I, I just wonder are people because the league is basically pointless at this point. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder what are people's realistic goals for this season? Do people really think we're going to win it? I mean, we might. We beat a decent Milan team, got past Ossersons, or Ossersons, whatever way you say it. Mm. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think we will win that? Do I think we will? I don't know. It's It's impossible to predict from that point of view. Will we win it? Could we win it? Yes. We could. You know, I think people. one of the things that people said about our FA Cup wins was, uh, particularly the first two, oh, you only beat Hull and you only beat Aston Villa in the final, but they overlooked the fact that on the way to those two finals, we beat... Um, we beat Liverpool, we beat Spurs, we beat Everton, we beat Manchester United on the way to both those finals. And last yeah. season when we won the FA Cup, we beat Manchester City and we beat Chelsea in the final. And it it, it shows you that this team, this club, this manager has an ability to get his players up for big cup games. And we are going to face some big cup games. I think uh, the games in Moscow or the game against Moscow is going to be quite difficult if we get a good one, a good win away from home or at home. Rather, we go into the away leg with a bit of a cushion and away goals uh, c- can really count in your favor there. And after that, you've got to see who's left in the in the tournament. Who knows? You know, Atletico are a great side. They really are a very good side and will be very very difficult to play against um but you just have to you just have to look at it and say look it, it is a chance it is a way for the players to get focused it is a good prize we can't look yeah. down our noses at the europa league number no. one we get a trophy a european trophy and number two we get like entry into the champions league which is almost like another trophy you know so it's well, two two trophies in one so i can't say yeah. that we will but you, you look at what we did against milan 5-1 on aggregate against milan yeah. going into those games i don't think people thought we were going to come out of them as well no no way so you know it's there for us if we want it um but it's you know can we can we maintain a measure of high level performance over the next five games we- yeah it's so unpredictable because you talk about the performance in cup games and all that of course the last cup game we had mm. didn't go to plan per se yeah yeah it's and, true but you know. you know you can't win them all but I think no, of course not. The, the players must know that this uh, that this uh, Premier League campaign is toast it's done and oh, dusted yeah. so i think there's going to be real focus burnt toast yeah burnt, really burnt toast burnt toast but yeah exactly scorched not even scraping it with a knife can uh, can save that toast so uh yeah. we'll see look we'll keep fingers crossed daniel i'm going to go take another call but thanks for calling in all right no worries great to, great to talk to you and thank you. you thanks thank you very much cheers all right, good luck hello oh is that uh ask blog it is how are oh, you? It's David Lovegrove here. Are we just talking one-on-one, or is it a broadcast kind we, of thing? We are talking one-on-one right now, but it's going to go out as a podcast in the morning. Oh, okay. Well, look, um, I'll tell you a brief story. It won't appear initially to be Arsenal-related, uh, but it is. Okay. Um, last week, went to a funeral in Guildford. Afterwards, reception at another place, St. Edward's Hall. Put it into the sat-nav. Eventually get into a sort of parkland place. Past the church, unbeknown to me, St. Edward's Hall is just behind the church, but there's no signs. Mm. 
see a big pair of gates, wrought iron, gilded, da 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 da, drive up, thinking they might open. They don't. I back off five yards, then they open up. I go in, followed by the guy behind me, come to some outbuildings, get out of the car, find a guy. Is this an Edwards Hall? He said, How did you get in here? And I explained <laughs> about the gates, etc., etc. He said, Well, someone will come and uh, escort you out. A bloke in a pickup truck comes, escorts us out. On the side of the pickup truck is dog unit. Dog and unit. I'm thinking, what the hell is this place? I go home, I'll research it. It's Alicia Usmanov's main residence. No in, way. <laughs> yeah, called Sutton Place. Um, wow. It, you, it used to be owned by Paul Getty, but uh, he owns it now. So um, <laughs> I, did, I didn't have the opportunity, of course, to have a word with him, but um, I might have tried if, uh, if, if I'd known. known. Yeah. I suppose to get into the Arsenal bit... Um, <laughs> Dog unit, I like that. Dog unit, yeah, yeah. I thought it was some kind of government place, but no, it's, it was his house. And obviously, he's on alert with all the stuff going on about Russians and stuff. He's got some moment. shit gates, though, doesn't he, if they're just opening for random guys in their car? Well, I think they might have learned a bit of a lesson there about their security, because they yeah. shouldn't have let me in. No. So, <laughs> yeah, not, 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 nothing to do with your character, of course, just, you know... <laughs> Yeah, anyway, um, which brings me to Usmanov and mm. maybe the Arsenal point, because I was talking at my golf club with a guy who's an Everton supporter yesterday telling him this story. Mm. And we were just speculating on where, whether Usmanov will stick with Arsenal, stick with his 30% shareholding, or maybe transfer allegiance to um, with his friend at, um, at Everton. Yeah. And... Um, what a tragedy it would be if he did go, um, because uh, I'm sure he's... I, I mean, I would guess he's hanging around waiting for Kroenke to um, decide if the price is right. Mm. And despite Osmanov's background, I suspect he might be a better owner for Arsenal than Kroenke. Well, you know, I'm very, very uneasy about uh, Usmanov as as uh, Arsenal owner uh, because of his background, because of the the various relationships that he has, um, and also because he's uh, threatened me with legal action. So I'm going to be quite. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I'm going to be quite oh. uh, circumspect with what I say here, but I think the the, the key issue really is unless Kroenke buys it, who else is going to buy his shareholding? Um, yeah. Because he owns 30%, but it's basically not that it's worthless, but you get no influence with that 30%. No, you don't. Uh, no. So nobody's going to come in and spend 600, 500, 600 million, whatever it costs to buy that 30% just to you know, sit around, not be on the board or not have any influence no. over Arsenal Football Club. So no. I, I, think, I think the one thing perhaps that's keeping him there at the moment is the, the animus that exists between himself and Kroenke. They do yeah. not like each other at all. And if, if Usmanov, who doesn't need the money right now anyway, um, mm. if it makes Kroenke's life a bit more difficult, then, mm. then that's why he's sitting on it. But I think you're right. At some point, there will be a price at which he thinks, okay, I'm all right with that. What a, yeah. what a huge return on the investment I've made here. I can go plow it in somewhere else. That's the worry, yeah, of course. And then that's what we... And have, there were rumors, you may have, you may have um, said something about them, but in the background, there is a consortium mm. possibly willing to... Which is, 
Arsenal centric, you know, yeah. Arsenal supporting that may have enough money to take um, to buy in. Um, and possibly they're still hanging around in the background. Let's, let's hope they are. Yeah, let's hope they are. I don't know. Again, it, you know, Kroenke doesn't appear willing to sell either. If Usmanov doesn't appear willing to sell, neither does Kroenke in any way. So mm, mm. I think we are where we are. But uh, yeah. anyway, well, look, thank look, you. Yeah, look, sorry, I didn't realize you'd had your issues with him. Well, no, that's, right. that's, well, that's fine. We'll leave this call in. We've, <laughs> we've, uh, we've, yeah, we've learned yeah. a bit about his uh, security, which I'm sure is much improved. It's a bit dodgy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, best. thank you for the call. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? Hey, how are you? Who's this? This is Zeke from North Carolina. Hello, Zeke from North Carolina. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Well, it's daytime where you are. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm sitting here with a beer and uh, taking calls from Arsenal fans, so it could be worse. Uh, sounds pretty good to me. So what's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I want to talk about the current goalkeeper situation. Okay. Um, obviously, we're in need of one. I do hate when people say that Petr Cech has never been as good um, at Arsenal because his first season at Arsenal, he did win the Golden Glove and PFA Goalkeeper of the Year. Mm-hmm. But obviously since then, he's been on the decline. Um, there's all of these rumors of Jan Oblak for about $88 million. Um, <laughs> And so that that's a bit lofty, but um, what do you think as far as goalkeepers? Do you like Bart Leno, Timo Horn? Uh, what do you think we should do? I think we should get a new goalkeeper. I think we, you know, personally, if it were up to me and I had a time machine, what I would do, this is what I would do. I'd go back to last summer. I would sell David Ospina. I would bring Wojciech Szczesny back. I would give him a new contract. I would bring in a brand new goalkeeping coach, a uh, a good goalkeeping coach and I would let Czech start the season as number one and let Chesney play the cup games the way Ospina's played them and I think what we would then have is a situation where now we're looking at a goalkeeper of 35 hugely experienced etc etc is handing over to a goalkeeper aged 27 28 uh, who has improved a lot over the last number of years and who is an Arsenal boy you know he, he loved Arsenal but in general, I think we, yeah, we need a new goalkeeper this summer. There's no question in my mind about that. I think Ospina, I think Ospina should go. Uh, I think he probably wants to go. He should go and get regular first team football. Um, 
I cannot see any way in the world that Arsenal are going to spend £88 million on a, a goalkeeper. Uh, as much as I would love to see Jan Oblak at Arsenal, there's just no way that we're going to spend that amount of money. So I think we're looking at somebody a bit cheaper, perhaps a bit more available as well. So you mentioned the two uh, Germans, I think, uh, is it Leno or Lino? Um, and also... Uh, Timo Horn. Timo Horn. Horn, I believe, is somebody that uh, Sven Mislintat is is very keen on. So I would be surprised if there wasn't a goalkeeping purchase this summer. I think as a team we really need it. I mean, you, you look you look at what we did in the attacking area of the pitch in uh, in January. We ripped it up. It was like rip it up and start again. And we've got to do the same to to an extent with goalkeeper, with the center of our defense, or at least make some decisions there, and also in the center of midfield. So there's such a lot to do this summer, isn't there? There's a lot of business to be done, for sure. Who would be, if you had a, you know, let's say money was no object, who's the goalkeeper you'd bring in? Uh, money, no object. Uh, probably Jan Oblak or honestly Mark andre Ter Stegen. Ter Stegen's been absolutely outstanding this year. If you look at his saves per shots taken per mm. 90. I think he's like first or second in the world right now. Um, Sir Sagan's really good, and he's still relatively young for a goalkeeper as well. Yeah. Um, so those two, money, no object, probably would be the ones I bring in. But uh, on a limited budget, probably Burnt Leno would be my go-to. We can only hope that uh, that uh, Jose Mourinho somehow manages to fall out with David De Gea, and we can uh, swoop in there and pick him up. He'd be quite good as well. I also uh, like, I think he'd be good. Yeah. yeah, I also like the fact that he looks like the uh, the guy who goes into the comic book shop in The Simpsons, the guy with the one arm. You know that fellow? <laughs> he looks like him. Anyway, listen, uh, we're going to go take another call, but thank you for calling in. Yeah, thank you for answering. Cheers, man. Hello. Hello. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Tom. Hey, Tom, how are you? Very good. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. Where are you calling from? I'm calling you from Brooklyn in New York City. All right. How's it How's it going over there? Uh, <laughs> just had a pretty big snowstorm, like 10 inches yesterday. So oh, dear. Melting, but um, yeah, not the best. Not the, not the greatest start to spring. No, spring is not, not quite here yet either. Um, yeah. I don't know how we define spring here. Slightly less cold rain. I think that's probably what it is, but know, we'll see. So so what's on your mind this evening? Well, I was just thinking about it, and I kind of wanted to talk. I'm not exactly sure what you guys call it oh, in Europe, but um, like the front office and kind of maybe like contract mm. negotiations. Um, just like over the past couple of years and in January – Obviously, we sold Giroud to Chelsea, and in the beginning of the year, the Ox went to Liverpool. And now you're hearing rumors that maybe Man United or Chelsea want Aaron Ramsey, mm. which is kind of driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> and he only has a year left. And I, I know that a lot of people, fans, like kind of criticize Ramsey, but I think he's pretty good. Yeah, I'm he, a fan. I'm a fan. So... If that was to happen, it's like it seems like we're almost setting the precedent where we are kind of okay with selling to them, but like the, the other way around, I'm just thinking of we got like Petr Cech, Danny Welbeck, Mika McTarian thing was a little bit different, but mm. Liverpool just a couple of years ago they wouldn't sell a Suarez. Like it kind of it's just kind of drives me nuts. 
Well, yeah, so I was well, just wondering what you kind of think. What, what I think with the Ramsey stuff is that I think it's agents, you know, beginning to play, whether it's part of the whether it's part of a thing to get more money from Arsenal as a negotiation tactic, Chelsea are interested, United are interested, you know, having already mm-hmm. sold Sanchez to to uh, to United, could we let another one of our key players go there without people burning down the stadium? I don't think we can. I think the agents know that as well. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I might, that crosses my mind is that they put these stories out there um to perhaps make it more palatable for him to go somewhere else. D- does that make sense? So mm. if we go, oh, well, at least he didn't go to, to Chelsea, at least he didn't go to Manchester United, but he's gone somewhere else, whether it's abroad perhaps or, or to uh, to a club in Spain, maybe. I, I don't quite know, but uh, I, I think Ramsey's one of the players that if we're serious about rebuilding the squad this summer and if we're serious about... Uh, making steps forward again. I think he's a player that we've got to tie down to a new deal. Um, that's why I can't. I can't even begin to explain how bad an idea it is to sell Hector Bellerin, for example. That's a. Dr- right. That's a dreadful, 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 terrible, woeful, abysmal idea. Yeah, especially at that age. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, why does Pep Guardiola want want Hector Bellerin? Well, because he like wants someone from Barcelona to talk to. Yeah. Have just yeah, have a mate yeah. around, have a little chum that he can. No, it's because he's a fucking good footballer. That's why. So, yeah, I, I think experience for that I, age. I think you know maybe we should take some encouragement from the Ozil thing. You know that they managed to mm-hmm. tie down Ozil to a new deal, and uh, you know we've got some players who who need to be tied down, and let's hope they can do that with with those guys. Okay, good. Well, that makes me feel better. Um, All right. Just um, hopefully. We'll see what we can do in Europa and then whatever else happens. Exactly. This is going to happen. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's out of our hands anyway. Listen, uh, thanks for right. the call, Tom. All right. Cheers. Take, Take care. care. Cheers. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Um, I'm, I'm calling in with just a question. Who? I was wondering why the recent, with, the, with all the thoughts about maybe with any managers in the summer or next summer, in this season, I think we've been a lot quieter about Diego Simeone. There's been a lot of talk about Carlo Ancelotti and how he's very similar to Wenger, but mm. Simeone seems to be the exact opposite of Wenger in that he he drills his side very well in their defensive duties and positioning and their passing, and he also seems like a manager who could get the best out of Lacazette and Aubameyang at the same time. So my question is, why is nobody talking about him this season? when it arguably makes more sense than ever before. Mm. Uh, who am I talking to, by the way? Oh, uh, my name's Alex. I'm from London. Hi, Alex from London. Um, I think nobody's talking about him because he's not really a realistic candidate when you look at the situation. Like, I'm not saying he's not a very good manager or somebody who, could do a, who couldn't do a good job at Arsenal, but... I think when you look at the way that Arsenal is run, when you look at the the people in charge, when you look at the character of Simeone... I don't think they would be able to manage somebody with that kind of temperament, right? That's that's just my I, feeling I, on it. Um, I do agree with you, but I, I I don't think I don't doubt Arsenal fans' ability to be aspirational, whether it's with signings or with managers. Sure, everyone, everyone was very excited to have Pep Guardiola, even though there was never a chance of that happening either. 
Well, I think there probably was there probably was at one stage a bit of a chance of that happening uh, with, with Guardiola. He was quite well disposed to Arsenal and and the whole club because of the the potential that we have. Um, but, but and I agree with you. You know, we should want the best, and we should like look at every available potential candidate as somebody who could take over. But I think the, the reason nobody's talking about him is because nobody really a, expects him to leave Spain for uh, for England. I think there's a, a feeling that if he does leave Atletico Madrid, it will be to go to Italy where he played uh, for a number of years as well. And uh, maybe there's some practicalities involved in it as well. I, you know, I don't know, for example, if he speaks English, but I'd be very surprised if he spoke English. You know, and those are those are I, actual I things you have to consider when you're making an appointment. You know, a language barrier can be overcome in time, but if you're looking for a manager to come in and make a difference straight away, you know, maybe there's a bit of preparation to be involved. I think Guardiola, actually, even though he had some English, I think he went to New York, didn't he, to, I don't know if it was to learn English, but certainly to improve his English after he left Barcelona because he knew at some point yeah, he was going to come to England. Yeah. So th- there was a- at the same time, Pochettino. Um, spent years in England with crap English, and he still had success with Southampton. Yeah, to fair budget. point. Fair point. Um, yeah, I don't really have any counter argument to that. Just my own sense that 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 would be an impediment um, from the perspective of the Arsenal board when they're making that appointment. That they, you know, having having had a whatever you think of him, a remarkable communicator like Arsene Wenger in charge to go to somebody who would need a translator or an interpreter to deal with the players on the training ground, to do media duties, to do, uh, you know, even in, in general interactions with the board itself, I think I think they'd run miles from him. That's just my feeling on it, so. I think that, yeah, I hadn't considered that, uh, the English. Yeah, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it is a factor. I think it would be a factor. But, you know, he is uh, certainly, I mean, you'd love the idea of him coming in and smashing up a few heads, wouldn't you? I mean, just <laughs> <laughs> kicking a few arses, I guess. It would be a great sight. Yeah, it would be. Anyway, listen, thank you for the call. All, the rocks we have. all right, well, listen, uh, thanks. Yeah, thank you very much for taking my call. Not at all. Nice to talk to you. Cheers. Cheers. Hello. 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 Who's this? It's Sean. Hello, Sean. Did you just tell me on Twitter that you can't get through? <laughs> Yeah, just a second. <laughs> right. Well, there's the magic right there, isn't it? You were just reading that, were you? I was just reading that. It's like, oh, God, there's no buses and then three come at once kind of thing. But in internet, That's weird it. telephone calls. Uh, whereabouts are you? I'm in Dublin. Right. Whereabouts? Yeah. In Tallaght. All right. Just up the road, really. Just up the road. Yeah. So speaking of buses, Dublin buses are right there. Yeah. Well, let's let's not go there. You know, I think that could be quite a specific conversation that that listeners. That's it. Yeah. What what's on your right mind this now. evening? Sorry. What's on your mind this evening? Um, uh, just a few quick questions you've probably sure. been asked already, but um, so who do you think is the most realistic person to replace Arsene? Um, I know it's probably. You've talked a million times about it before, but just uh, maybe that's one interesting one. Who is the most realistic? I mean, that's that's a a good mm-hmm. question. Um, it really depends on what the the board decide they want to do in terms of a replacement. My, my feeling, right, is because the I could be wrong here. My feeling is that 
because the balance of power has been shifted so heavily in the favor of Arsene Wenger for the last number of years, that Gazidis has basically been um, impotent power-wise, right? My feeling is that when it comes to a replacement for Arsene Wenger, he's going to want to change that dynamic completely. He's going to want so to sh- have more power. Yeah, he's going to want to shift it absolutely and utterly on its head. So that's why yeah. I I have this feeling that you know, for all the talk of experienced managers and stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if they went for somebody relatively young and relatively mm-hmm. inexperienced. The German, the German manager been touted like he hasn't managed a club in ten years. I think, or I don't think he was as he mm-hmm. managed a club. I don't think he, he'd be realistic. Would he really? I. Uh, I, I don't think so. I've seen some articles and people have written some good articles about the work that he's done and the fact that he works with teams of coaches who do a lot of that work for him. So, um, you know, the coaching work, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's had great success with the German national team, but I would have reservations because of his club record for sure. Uh, yeah. he, he wouldn't be a convincing candidate for me. Do you think it'll be this summer or next summer? I think it will be. I think it will be this summer. I think so. You think uh, they will? Yeah. I think because of even the way... if we win the Europa League? Then even if we win the Europa League more than anything, I want it to be this summer because, <laughs> you know, I, 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 would, I would love for him to go out on a high, mm. on an actual That's high. last year was perfect. It was perfect, but I don't think... After the Chelsea game. Yeah, I don't think the club was ready for it. Whereas this summer with a head of recruitment, with a director of football in place, with a new contract guy in place, we're much more prepared for it. And it would be awful, wouldn't it, for for everybody to enjoy a European trophy and qualification for the Champions League and for Arsene Wenger to carry on and have another bad season in the league next season. It would just... It just doesn't make any sense to me for for him to do that to himself. You know, mm. it would be brilliant if he went out on a on a high. I think so. I'm keeping fingers crossed that that's how it happens. Yeah. But it, you know, it could it could go the other way. It could be a bit more. Um, mm. What's the word you I'm looking for? Signs of like the power change in the Aubameyang deal. Yeah, like that kind of seemed to go behind us and back. like not behind his back, but he didn't seem to have too much input in it. The way they were over in Germany trying to get the deal done. It's not even the fact that they were over in... Yeah, well, the pictures were leaked, and the pictures were leaked deliberately. uh, And the whole, like... Yeah. Yeah, the guy said wasn't much involved. Exactly, exactly. And if you look back a couple of weeks uh, before that, after Sven Mislintat was was, um, announced as the head of recruitment, Arsene Wenger said in his press conference, and he was quite clear about this, that Ivan Gazidis has got nothing to do with transfers. And then all of a sudden we get these pictures with Mislintat and Gazidis in Germany negotiating yeah, with yeah, Borussia yeah. Dortmund. You don't need to be a genius uh, to put two and two together there to, um, to to know what happened and why it happened. So there is yeah. there is a shift. There is something happening behind the scenes, but you know we'll we'll wait and see how it goes. So um, so and that's I just it. have one other go on, question. Go on. Uh, I suppose one of my favourite players over the last five years is probably yours as well, Santi Cazorla. Mm. Um, you ever think we'll see him in the national shirt again? No, unfortunately, I don't no. think we will. 
his contract no, is up. It? Yeah, it's really sad. A really sad way to end because he's such a brilliant player and a such player. a gr- yeah, just yeah. an amazing, an amazingly. I think we got him for twelve or thirteen million. Yeah, five or six years ago, the value was, oh, unbelievable. My goodness. It was un- unbelievable at the time. I was I was delighted when we got him. You know, watched him uh, playing in Spain for years yeah. and thought he was yeah. just. Just an and absolute. The year before genius. he went to Malaga, like yeah. we could have got him then, and he went. I thought it was gone. Like, but, yeah, uh, and then Malaga got the shit financially. But yeah, he's amazing, and I think it's a real shame the way it's ended. He's been. Yeah. You know, not just a brilliant player, but I think he's a great character, a really nice guy, and yeah. somebody who's a credit to the club. So maybe before the end of the season, we might get to see him run out, but I don't think there's any r- future for him. You know, his so. contract up this year. Yeah, it's up. It's the up summer, in yeah. it's up in the summer, and they they took an option last year to extend, and uh, but I I can't see I can't see them keeping him anymore. So so a bit of a shame, yeah. but hey. It is, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, thanks for the call. Yeah. And, no problem. Uh, no thanks a million, man. Take it easy. Plug. All right. Cheers, man. Take no it easy. Problem. Good See luck. Bye-bye. Hello. Hey, Vlogs. Hello. Hey, Vlogs. How are you doing? I'm all right. Who's this? This is Paul. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very good. Thank you. Good. Yes. Good. What's I have a, I have a burning on. question for you. Okay. Now, just because he's retired, I feel like you know, you've moved unnecessarily away from your hatred of John Terry. You're not <laughs> mentioning him quite as much as you used to. Is he retired? Is he not still playing for Aston Villa? Uh, isn't that the same thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, any Villa fans uh, that are uh, listening to this might uh, might advise us one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quite possibly. Um, I, I have a question for you, though. Mm. You uh, you have uh, a conundrum ahead of you. So, John Terry, you can have one of two things happen. Right. Either you have to go to a Phil Collins concert <laughs> with John Terry. Right. Or you have to accept that John Terry has married a family member and you will have to see him every family gathering for the rest of your life. Which do you choose? Uh, I would... I would have him... Is it a family member of my choice? <laughs> yes, and beware that they therefore can't listen to this uh, podcast because otherwise you, you won't have to worry about them at future family events anyway. Absolutely. Now, uh, you know, I love my family. I just want to make that clear. I love all my family. You know, they're they're wonderful people. But perhaps there are one or two that you might say, you know, if you were to get married to John Terry... It could kind of serve you right. So, rather than having to endure Phil Collins, I think I would. I think I would marry him off to a family member, and at these family gatherings, my family is such that uh, it would be very uncomfortable for John Terry there, which would which would make me happy. He would squirm in the chair or at the event or at the wedding or funeral, whatever it was. Nobody would be that nice to him. They wouldn't be mean, but they would be cold, perhaps a bit scathing. His life would not be a happy life. So for the sake of going to a John Terry concert for two hours or a Phil Collins concert for two hours with John Terry or having the rest of John Terry's life difficult and uncomfortable, I think I would go with that. That's fair enough. I think that's that's, that's a, probably a good resolution to it then. It's a good answer, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, man. All right. Well, thank you for calling. 
Cheers, Matt. Enjoy the rest of your, uh, your calls. We will. We're just heading towards the end now, so uh, I think we might do one more and that'll be that. So thanks again. Bye. Bye-bye. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. I'm shocked that I got through. All right. You're probably going to be our last caller this evening. So who am I talking to? Uh, Mike from Washington, D.C. Hello, Mike from Washington, D.C. Not much happens in your town, eh? <laughs> oh, man. If only you guys <laughs> Uh, don't it tell us we, we yeah we, we we've got enough uh, coverage of what happens there. Thanks very much. So we don't need any more gory details. So, <laughs> All right. So what's going on with you this evening? What do you want to talk about? Uh, not too much. I don't know. I guess. Uh, sorry, it's windy here. My uh, my biggest thing now is just this lack of nuance among everybody. Mm-hmm. Pundits, fans. It's got to be, you know, it's all all the players. They're not taking responsibility. It's got to be, oh, no, it's entirely the main responsibility with whatever it is. I just don't understand why people cannot break things down on individual levels and realize it's a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, we had a little bit of a discussion about this earlier on in terms of Arsene Wenger. You know, the way people are divided, like Wenger in or Wenger out. And some people, not everybody, of course, but some people take absolute positions. Right. Like, you know, he's the worst person in the world. He's the best person in the world. No. You know, right. the, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. And I think that's true of most things, not just uh, in football, but in life, right? That we have to try and find uh, a little bit of understanding for... Uh, another side even if we don't agree with it so you could be very much Wenger out and I could be very much Wenger in but that doesn't mean we should go to war right we don't have to yeah kill, yeah we don't well, have to kill each other I, I mean look at Xhaka right for the first however many games not good at all I don't believe you know you can't just tell me that suddenly somebody just whispered one thing in his ear and he's magically become a good player again you know, there's a level of personal responsibility that he has to take in addition to the managers and the coaching staff also doing their part to actually get him there. Mm-hmm. All sides have to kind of come together on that. I don't know. I just don't get why. It's, I mean, it's unpopular to hear about and it's boring to talk about. You know, it's just like, well, everybody has to do stuff. I don't understand why that can't just be a bigger talking point. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's, I mean, uh, th- this player is shit is not really great analysis, is it? You know, uh, there's there's a reason why he's, uh, you know, an international player. There's a reason why Arsenal paid that much money for him. Whether you think it's value for money or not is a different different thing. Whether you think he's been good or not, those are different things. But, yeah, it is a big, a big... uh, situation where you have to look at the player, you have to look at the manager, you look at the coaching staff, you look at all the reasons why perhaps he's not performing to the level that we would expect him to perform to. And uh, yeah, I think it's just very easy, you know, to go, well, it's because he's shit. And that's the only reason yeah. why he's playing poorly. You know, I, I, I see, I, you know, I've mentioned him a couple of times this evening to people, Hector Bellerin, for example, and people write off Hector Bellerin mm-hmm. and say, he's shit, he's terrible. You know, I, I don't care what, you know, what he dresses like or what his hair is like, but of course you do. You know, my, my objection to Hector Bellerin is because he's shit and he's playing shit. But, you know, okay, well, why? Why is he playing poorly? Or why, in your opinion, is he falling below the form that we would want from him, you know, from the form that he has showed in the past? You know, it's impossible to single out... For, really, it's impossible to single out individuals when the entire team is playing as poorly as they have this season, right? So is there a wider issue? Right. Are all our players shit? Or is there perhaps something missing from the way the players, as a collective, are being organized? 
I mean, the way I've always tried to look at things is it's, it comes down to, to responsibility from the top, you know? Your job as manager is to get your people in order, whether it's in sports or in the workplace. If you've got a manager that can't organize the people in your office correctly and things aren't getting done, mm. you're not going to fire the entire office keep the manager and rehire, you know, 20-something positions to keep the workflow going. Yeah. You're going to get rid of the manager. Yeah. And that's just kind of the, the way that I feel like the end goal, everybody wants him gone. But the reasoning for that is so all over the place that I think people have kind of lost track of why things need to happen just so they can get their kind of like tribal victory, mm. do their cheer, and then it's on to the next thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the other point is not everybody wants him gone. You know, we talk about nuance. Not everyone yeah. does. A lot of people do, or a lot of people feel it's the right thing for the club this summer to to go in a different direction. But, uh, you know, there are other people who feel that Arsene Wenger is still the, the right man for the job. So we have to, you know, we have to respect that to a certain extent. It's getting very windy there, man. <laughs> is it because it calmed down for there a second? No, that's... the wind stop. It's getting very windy. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it quits here because uh, we've been going for about an hour and I think that's as much as people can listen to. Um, so thank you for being our final caller this evening. Um, stay safe yeah. and sane in Washington, D.C. Well, I'll do my best. I'm working on my bunker behind my townhouse. All so right. Hopefully it'll get complete before we all get blown. <laughs> well, there's a cheery way to end the <laughs> podcast, man. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to hit do for. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. There you go. There's a phone-in podcast. Thank you to everybody who called in. I was a bit worried at the start that it was going to be an hour of questions about Jack Wilshire's contract, but... There was a bit of variation. There was a nice bit of variation. So I hope you enjoyed that. If you didn't get through, apologies, but I can only answer one call at a time. And there were so many coming through. I don't know how to put things on hold. I don't have an assistant. I don't have a producer. It's just me and a microphone and a computer mouse and Skype. So look, I did my best. Nevertheless, hope you enjoyed it. James and I will be here on Monday. We will have an Arsecast Extra for you then. And if you are looking for something a bit extra and you haven't signed up to our Patreon, uh, you can do that. Uh, for just five euros a month plus VAT, which is about four pounds forty, it's about six dollars a month. You get a two-part podcast about the Invincibles, the uh, unbeaten season. There's an interview with musician and songwriter Bernard Butler. There's an interview with Tim Wheeler from Ash. There's a phone-in podcast uh, with myself and James. There's a great Tim Stillman article in there uh, to listen to as well. And thank you to everybody who has signed up to Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash arsblog. Thank you to everybody who has signed up so far your support is absolutely fantastic we appreciate it a great deal and uh, i really hope it's going to help us do some very interesting stuff on the website on our blog in the future and uh, forever well not forever unless one of us out there is a highlander in which case i'd watch out for guys who are trying to cut your head off that's uh, that's a problem if you're highlander but look james and i'll be here on monday thanks again for listening uh, enjoy the rest of the interlol weekend relax take it easy the arsenal will be back soon enough to frustrate us all until the next one cheers bye bye i'm sorry to interrupt your conversation but we are experiencing violent storm conditions in the asteroid belt at this time we may lose this valuable deep space communication link
contact with Mars 247 at this time. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 